Hi, I'm Melissa and welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast where we can normalise the conversation of motherhood and delve into issues that are quite often swept under the rug. Join me every single Tuesday for a brand new episode with a brand new topic. This is a mummy's club you want to be a part of. Hi and welcome back to the Mummy Warriors podcast. I'm your host Melissa and today I'm joined by Alyssa who is a licensed professional counsellor who focuses on helping individuals and couples with relationships, career and parenthood. Alyssa works towards improving the quality of life of individuals and today she's going to share some tips and tricks that she gives to her own clients. Alyssa, welcome to the Mummy Warriors podcast. It's a pleasure having you here today. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Thank you for being here today. Um, I want you to first start off by telling our listeners about yourself and what you do. Absolutely. Uh, So my name is Alyssa Webb McCune. I'm a licensed professional counselor in the Woodlands, Texas. And something that I focus on within my private mental health practice is helping individuals in really just achieving a congruency in their life. A lot of us are having to balance multiple hats at once, often between relationships and career and then kids and just having somewhat of a personal life too and figuring out how to help my clients really bring all of that into cohesion and peace and helping them reach their goals so it's not feeling like we're drowning all the time. Okay, amazing. So what made you want to become a counselor who specializes in sex relationships and anxiety? So one, just becoming a counselor, I've always loved listening to people, hearing their stories, and then going through my own journey with counseling as a person receiving counseling was really eye-opening and how powerful that can be. Um, A professor described it once that counseling is often for the majority of the population that could get through life just fine without counseling, but counseling makes it easier. Counseling makes it smoother and helps elevate your quality of life. And once I saw an experience of how powerful that really could be to bring someone from just surviving in life to really thriving, it was something that I wanted to just dive full force in. And so I went to school, got my training in it, And then once I found myself in the profession, it was so amazing to me how it doesn't matter if someone was coming in individually or with their spouse or with a family member, but their just relationships of no matter who it was with, but how we relate to people really determines so much of how their lives. And I know for me, that's very much true in my life as well and how I relate to other people, if I feel confident in that, if I feel insecure, anxious, and that's just so defining. And then when we look at specifically within a partnered relationship, often sex and sexuality is a part of that as well. And so really looking at how powerful and how dynamic someone's view of sex is, someone's behavior related towards sex, how they communicate about it, how that really did show a trickle-down effect of everything else going on in their lives, their confidence of how they were showing up in their part in their relationship, um, and just really their view of themselves in the world 
it's such an acute part of our life that often people don't talk about. And so I wanted to go back and get the extra training to learn how to be a sex therapist and really help my clients grow in this area. And then with anxiety, it just dovetails really well into that because all of us can relate to anxiety at multiple different levels. And it's one of the things that actually most of my clients come to as their first presenting concern because they describe feelings of, I feel like I'm drowning. I feel like I'm overwhelmed. I feel like I can't even breathe. Everything's so heavy and I don't know where to start. These are often the things, right, that we hear and we talk about with our friends. And so coming into counseling, I absolutely love working with those individuals and helping them. This is where we can start. This is how to take some of that weight off and then look at how that relates into your relationships, how you're showing up in the world, how you're relating to yourself, and they all really interconnect. And so that's how I came to really kind of niche down and specialize within those areas. Obviously, we do touch on other areas as well with depression and trauma and grief, and I see a variety of clients, um, but those are really the three main things that I focus on. Amazing. And it's funny that you obviously brought up anxiety because um, these days it seems to be quite an increasing issue, especially with just sort of going through a pandemic. Would you say there was an increase in like families and couples that were having sort of anxiety issues during this the last two years? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was one of the ones that I stayed very, very busy throughout the pandemic with work. We saw a significant increase because what had happened is a lot of times people deal with anxiety by being distracted or being entertained and they're constantly running and running. So they don't really slow down and have a chance to really deal with some of these things that are causing these root issues of anxiety and experiencing it. So when people were locked down and they didn't have that time to distract themselves, everything was coming to the surface and the problems, it was a lot harder to ignore. So it's been a huge influx over these last two years. Yeah, I, I, I could imagine. What, would, what seems to be the main disconnect amongst couples and families that you've noticed? Mm-hmm. Often the main disconnect um, among couples, families, just really anytime you get two people in a room that are trying to communicate, it's they often miss kind of the core issue of what's actually being communicated. And this can happen for um, multiple different reasons. But one of the main things is people are often scared to be vulnerable because they're scared that they're going to be turned down. They're going to be rejected. And so often we'll cover it up with a lot of other things. So for example, um, it's really easy and a common argument that we see is, you know, oh, my husband doesn't help me doing the dishes, right? Or whatever, you know, other simple household chore. And there's so many fights that can get started over that. And we get lost in that argument. When I actually work with the couples and break down what's going on, usually there is something deeper going on. There's one person feeling like they're doing everything and they're feeling very alone. They're feeling very isolated. They're feeling like the other person, if they were to ask for help in a very vulnerable way, that the other person would shut them down, which would confirm their isolation. So instead of 
really communicating at that core issue, we communicate on the surface. We communicate about all these surface level behaviors, which sometimes we can solve, but then it's just solving that one single thing. When we don't get down to what we're actually really concerned about, really worried about when we feel what we feel in a vulnerable kind of scared way, it ends up we're just going to be repeating the same argument again and again and again. And so that's what I really try working with individuals and couples on is helping them be aware of on their own what is actually going on inside. What is the core issue? It's more than just the dirty dishes in the sink. And when we communicate that effectively, then we're able to actually deal with it, see some progress moving forward. And when you have two people who are being vulnerable and they meet each other with safety, then intimacy, that closeness is built. And then it just compounds on top of each other in a really beautiful, positive way. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's always my opinion that I think that being vulnerable is one of the hardest things to do. Absolutely. To be vulnerable with someone, you have to ascertain a lot of trust, which is obviously another thing that's hard to build, um, <laughs> yes. especially if you obviously have a lot of anxiety just in general. Like, um, so to break through those walls and you sort of deal with it bit by bit, I'm sure creates quite um, large improvements in communication and just moving forward. What would be your best advice um, for creating balance, not only in a relationship, but within the home. Mm-hmm. So one of the things that I really start my clients on when they first come in is I look, I tell them to imagine, okay, if you were to have the home of your dreams or the relationship of your dreams, the family of your dreams, or just you being the best version of yourself, what would that look like? What would be the feelings attached to it? And you can describe, um, use words to describe it, describe it in concepts, kind of whatever it is, okay? And then what we do is we identify, okay, what are the biggest differences here that we have control of? And the reason we focus on what that person has control of is because we can talk all day long about what other people could do differently to help make our lives easier. But what that does is it just feeds in us that feeling of desperation, relying on other people, feeling like we are just out of control, disempowered, and that is the exact opposite of what we want to get to. And so when we start to realize, okay, this is what I have control of, and this is what is different between my present reality versus where I want to go, I look at, okay, what is a small step? very small step, but a small step we can do that gets you just a little bit closer to that goal. Oftentimes what comes up is boundaries. So it would be a, um, it would be, I feel so resentful towards my spouse because I am cleaning the entire house and they never offered to clean up anything, right? What, but I'm just feeling really overwhelmed. My dream life is that we have everything perfectly balanced. Okay, and they're doing everything. Well, we can't control whether they actually help in or not. We can control what we advocate for. We can control what we do and not do. And we look at, we start there. Okay, what would it look like to change our expectations of ourselves, And whether that's to lower or raise the expectations for ourselves? Because some people need to go one way or the other. Some people have too high of expectations. They need to bring them down a little bit because that's what's sustainable. Some people have too low of expectations of themselves and they need to raise them a little bit. And so figuring out what that looks like 
for the individual is huge. And then we set a very small goal and then we honor it. And then we move forward and we start increasing those goals and increasing what they're doing. So I always encourage clients to look at boundary setting of what boundaries can you set up that limit what you can give, especially as women, we tend to just give and give and give until we're broken, which we don't want to do. So how can we limit that? What can we advocate for within our home of saying, hey, this is something that I really need. And also, I always emphasize to my clients, making sure you're taking some time to take care of yourself. Because when we talk about balance, we're not just talking about balancing um, the kids and spouse. We're not just talking about balancing career and family. We also want to balance you being able to take care of yourself. And a lot of clients look at me and they go, oh, I don't have time for that. But that's not balance. And if we don't take that time for ourselves now, our body has a way of catching up to us and taking that out from us later, whether it's stress, getting sick, everything crashing down and burning, whatever it is. Definitely. I definitely agree with that. But one question I had, a quick question I had is how common do you see that blurred boundaries um, becomes an issue within relationships? Very, very often. Um, something that I talk specifically within couples is we talk about what are the hidden expectations that we have? What are the hidden assumptions that we went into this relationship with? Um, sometimes there's expectations um, like around finances, because finances is a really common area of contention. You know, some people go in saying, oh, it's all 50-50. Some people say, well, it depends on who's making more. It's a really simple example. But often we have those expectations coming in that we don't communicate with our partner or we don't think to. And so by bringing all of those out to light, it helps us be aware of, hey, these are the things that I need. These are also things that I'm expecting of you. Is this something we can agree on? When someone agrees on it, it's consent and allows for very clear boundaries and expectations to be set. Without that conversation, it's the blurred expectations, which sets everyone up to feel hurt, to feel resentful, to feel not heard, not important in the relationship. And that's where, when that grows over time, that's where we see the separation, the divorce rates, the affairs, and all of that popping up as that has become chronic. Yeah, I definitely agree. I was actually listening to a podcast recently. It's, it's actually called, I think it's like the Cheated. So it's a podcast about cheating. Uh-huh. And the number one consensus, because um, I listened to quite a few episodes, was not feeling appreciated, not feeling like their needs were being met. And also, you know, when you get in the beginning of a relationship, you don't really put boundaries as a forefront. You're kind of holding love and in that bubble. And then you kind of forget to set your boundaries. And then obviously, again, as, as sort of piggybacking off what you said, as women, we kind of just swallow everything and just get on with it until resentment builds up. So definitely agree with your point about the the whole the setting the boundaries and making just going step by step and taking small steps to acknowledge each other's boundaries and um, what is your main goal that you want to achieve when you speak to your clients? Mm-hmm. I well, first of all, I just want to say I absolutely agree with that 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 is often the case of why cheating and affairs happen. Um, And that actually relates to part of my main goal is because I want my clients to always feel empowered and feel strong in what they are doing, 
no matter what they're doing, right? And so the way that this would help counteract some of the affairs and the cheating and stuff that we were talking about earlier is by feeling empowered of saying, hey, I'm showing up to this relationship in the best way I can. They're always being present. They're always being engaged. It lowers the likelihood of the relationship falling apart. Sometimes things still do happen, unfortunately, because relationships take two people, not just the one. But I always want my clients throughout the entire counseling process to feel like I'm being completely transparent with them about what's going on. I do a lot with my clients. I call them nerd moments where I say, hey, this is what's going through my brain. This is what's going on in yours. And we talk about some of the neurobiology that's going on, some of the physiological differences and changes that are happening. And I do that because I want my clients to understand their brain, understand their body, understand their behavior. Because what I find is when they have that knowledge and I'm not just supporting them in fixing their behavior, I'm supporting them and helping them understand how to fix it themselves. Because then what happens is they're able to leave counseling a stronger person that's not just going to be coming back to me every year, right? They're going to be leaving and able to take care of things on their own, where sometimes, yes, people still have to come back, do a little check-in with counseling every now and then, but then they leave. And that's what I want. I want my clients to feel strong enough to be able to take care of any obstacle that's thrown their way very confidently and understand why they're doing what they're doing and they feel proud of what they're doing. I, I also had another quick question, sort of, and again, with what you were just speaking of. I feel like a lot of times when, as women, like we have children, our life becomes our kids. How, like speaking from my own experience, when I had my son, I completely mm-hmm. kind of checked out of my relationship because my focus became my son, which mm-hmm. obviously is no is not good, but it's what happens. Is that something you would say was also a common issue? Because I noticed when I took the lead of checking out, my son's father also took the lead of checking out as well. So we were both two checked out parents, just focusing on parenting. Mm -hmm. Yes, it's something that's extremely common. Um, And it's actually something that I work with a lot with women and I hear them go, well, this is just the stage of life we're at you know, this is, this is kind of where we're at. And they kind of accept that, Mm -hmm. you know, they maybe haven't had sex in six to nine months. They haven't been on a date night with their husband. They're just like, eh, this is where, this is how things are. Um, And that often though is where a lot of that resentment and the non-appreciation can start without it being addressed. And so in that, I always encourage, especially my new moms, when they come in, whether it's her postpartum depression, life transitions, um, no matter what, I always talk about what do, who are you now, right? After having a baby, because so often what we hear is, oh, I just want to get back to who I was before. I want to get back to who I was before, but that's also not realistic because you're a mom now, you're a different person, but that's also not all of who you are. And so what I do is as we're figuring out kind of who you are, what are some of your goals? How do you want to show up in this life now? Being a mom is a part of who you are, but so is being a partner. And so is being, you know, maybe you have a job, maybe you don't. So is still having a personal life, friends. What does that look like now? And going at it very intentionally 
is huge when I'm working with someone kind of in that life stage. Yeah, and I think another thing, um, just with speaking with women and what I have learned about for myself is sort of going back to the boundary um, uh -huh. topic. I think when you have an expectation of what sort of parent you expect the other person to be, and mm -hmm. that's not discussed, that kind of leaves the avenue for like blurred boundaries too. Absolutely. Um, again, speaking from my own experience, <laughs> I never had a conversation about um, what I had expected their role to be as a father. I kind of mm -hmm. just assumed that that would be mm -hmm. done because I just like, well, I guess that's what dads do, you know? And, you know, right. for myself, like, oh, I guess that's just what mothers do. So I think a lot of times in relationships, um, one of the issues of the breakdown is the blurred, non-setting boundaries or discussing what the expectation is of the other person on what their role is as a parent, because it, you know, I, I don't know, obviously your, it's your day to day, but I would imagine it's kind of a big thing um, that comes mm -hmm. up a lot, like the kids or she does this with the kids or he does it with the kids or um, a lot of resentment is, is built up. Would you agree or, or, or no? Absolutely, absolutely. And that goes back again to having that clear communication about what's expected, your boundaries and your advocacy. And it goes back to that intentional communication. As well, just different upbringings also make a um, huge impact on, on parenting and, and everything else. I love when uh, in a pre-podcast when I spoke to you and you were speaking of how you guide your clients in taking the time for themselves, for their children, mm -hmm. uh, for their spouse, just to rebuild, just to rebuild the relationship and continuously have consistency with having their relationship with with their their family and their their children and their spouse mm -hmm. absolutely it is such an important part of balance and obviously that's something i focus on in my practice is having that intentional time for all your different places that you're being pulled because we talk all time feel like we're pulled in all these different directions and we can honor all those different directions, but only within small containers and that has to be done very intentionally. And so I often encourage clients, you know, we can't be, you know, just focused on just our kids or even just our spouse or just ourselves or just our career. We have to look at all of that. And what does this look like in the big picture? Sometimes it means taking energy away from one to give it to the other to find out what does this balance look like for us? Um, but it's such a huge part of being able to really enjoy and find that fulfillment and thrive in this life that sometimes can be chaotic, um, but we can get so much enjoyment out of it. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I want you to tell our listeners where they can find you if they want to reach out or get any advice. Absolutely. Um, so they can find me through my website at naturalbalancecounseling.com or through my Facebook or Instagram pages as well, which is also under Natural Balance Counseling. And there I try to offer some sometimes live videos, um, record pre-recorded videos where I do some introductions about things and teach different topics. I also have graphics that are quick snippets of things that often I've talked to my clients about recently or things that I've personally have been learning and been struggling and going through and trying to share that to make sure that 
we're getting that support we need because I know sometimes people can't come into counseling directly, but they're on social media and they're still finding that support. Um, but then they can, as long as they're within the state of Texas, I can offer that individual or couples uh, relationship counseling as well. Amazing. Well, Alyssa, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. All the details will be in the description of the podcast, but it's been a pleasure having you here today. Thank you so much. It's been fantastic being here. Thank you for listening in to this week's episode. Feel free to leave a comment, like, and share this episode. If you want a chance to be a guest on the show, all you have to do is send me a DM on my Instagram, which is at the Mummy Warriors. See you next week.